This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, welcome to another edition of That Millwall Podcast. Uh, something a little bit different today. Uh, I've been given creative uh, licence on my own. Um, the reins are fully in my hands, so uh, we'll see how this goes. Um I'm joined by Tom from uh, the Borough Breakdown uh, podcast. Hello, Tom. How are you? Hey, mate. Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to um, looking forward to Saturday. Um, so, yeah, uh, tonight's episode is uh, something a little bit different. Obviously, we're joined by it with a view from the opposition um, for the fixture on Saturday. Um, we're talking all things Middlesbrough. Um, the game hopefully should be a good game between two two good sides. Um, Tom. How how uh, how are things from a from a Middlesbrough perspective? Probably on a high at the moment. Yes, it's all pretty good. So I think we had a, a bit of a knock in the FA Cup last week. Um, got absolutely hammered by Brighton. But uh, to be fair, we we tried to play, you know, our our new brand of football. And you know, Carrick said after after the game, we could have like set up in in a different way, parked the bus to to try and get something from that game. But he said trust in the process and. Uh, and you know, kind of continuing to play our way long term was more important. But up until that point, we, we've been been doing great recently. Um, it's it's only really, only really Burnley where we have had a bit of trouble in the championship. I think, and the rest of the time, it it has been you know it's been entertaining to watch. Which as Borough fans, we're not too used to, to be totally honest. <laughs> um, but been entertaining to watch, and, and we've been getting results as well. You know, we've been from twenty second when when Carrick took over all the way up to all the way up to fifth now. So yeah, we're we're still absolutely uh, riding the wave and still on, on on a real high at the moment. Well, I was I'd, I'd looked beforehand, and as I say, I think seven wins from from ten in the league when since Carrick's taken over. I, obviously, I think you you guys come to the den just before. Um, just before the, the appointment, or um, obviously completely different side. Then, what is what what is it that's changed? Is it the the, the process have you touched on, or, or or anything other than, other than that? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think there's there's quite a few changes, but kind of really what you what you're looking at is is tweaks, and I think Michael Carrick would say the same thing. I don't know if you've seen that. There was a, a viral video which I think Sport Bible picked up on uh, a couple of weeks ago, where it was someone on TikTok kind of like really breaking down 
uh, Borison's caricatures came in and he was saying, oh, we, we've kind of changed all this stuff. We're you know, showing Barcelona styles of play times and stuff like that. It really, I, I think that's, that's over-exaggerating what's happened because we were a possession-based team prior under, under Chris Wilder. The main thing is the change in formation. We've we've gone from that five three two that Chris Wilder's so famous for, uh, to kind of a a four two three one, but kind of an asymmetrical version of that, which I'm sure any football manager players who are listening will appreciate. But um, yeah, we it, it is kind kind of like that though. We, we've got Ryan Ryan Giles as our left back, who is probably one of our main sources of creativity, and in fact, he is the the top assister in the league. Um, at the moment, but then you got right uh, Riley McGree over on the left hand side of, of midfield, which anyone kind of like looking at just the formation on a sheet of paper would be thinking we're playing Riley McGree a left wing. We're not. He's kind of playing as like a, a Roman number ten over on that left hand side, and 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 uh, waiting for the the Ryan Giles overlap. But what that's doing is allowing us to kind of play the free at the back that we were kind of doing anyway with. Uh, Tommy Smith moving inwards from the the right hand side. We've gone to uh, a two in midfield now with uh, Johnny House and Hayden Hackney, and Hayden Hackney's really only came in after Wilder had gone. Uh, Leo Bergovich brought him in, and uh, Carrick's continued on with him. But he he seems to be getting better with every game, really. Um, and then I think the the main man you guys will have heard a lot about will be Chubarakpom in the number ten role top scorer in the championship so far, which I think when he was playing for us a couple of years ago in one of the COVID seasons, I can't remember which one, so kind of like blend into one. Um, no one would have expected that from him. Um, you know, he missed quite a few sitters in, in those seasons and we weren't really surprised to see him go out on loan, but he, he kind of came back in at the start of the season because uh, we had a, a lack of attacking options. Uh, Wilder wasn't too happy about that quite publicly. Brought Tuba Rackman back into the folds. Um, he got a, a goal fairly quickly after that, and then he, he's been a mainstay in, in the team really since then. And since Carrick's came in, he's he's been playing that number 10 role. It's, it's really uh, kind of evolved his game. He can do a lot more with the ball at his feet now, but I, th- I think he scored, and I think it might have been about nine of the games that Carrick's been manager maybe eight um but he he's been absolutely fantastic since uh, since Carrick's came in and like I say it's the formations changed but also you can see how how positive the players look now they did look a bit bereft of confidence under Wilder um and that that did seem to be um a, a bit of an issue Wilder was coming out and throwing players under the bus um blaming individual errors after games but it was like eight individual errors leading up to a goal and it's like that's not individual errors that's your error um Carrick seems to be very different than that he's, he's you know a very intelligent manager as I'm sure anyone who watched him as a player would possibly expect him to be um but he also seems to have that, that kind of coaching style uh where he's, he's able to improve players as well and you know adding on to that we brought Woodgate back in as his assistant uh, Aaron Danks has came in from Villa as, as a coach who's kind of really focused on individual training and, and really the whole kind of coaching structure's changed but it does seem to be 
really positively affecting the players that we have. I think it's interesting what you said there, um, touching on the the confidence in the players. Because we're, we're looking back at that fixture at the Den. I, I mean, we'd just gone to we'd uh, switched from a, a five back to a four back um, just before you guys had come to visit us, and um, I think you were the first team to visit the Den after we'd made that change. And I think obviously, you know, without watching Middlesbrough week in week out, the results have obviously significantly improved. Performances have improved, and the, the general mood looks like it's improved. But um, then the side that that comes to the Denny, we're not expecting from a Millwall perspective, we're not expecting to be facing the same kind of opposition as as so as, as the team that that come to the Den. Um, have you? I mean, looking at from from the outside, um, I'd see Cameron Archer has has been signed. Uh, on loan from from Aston Villa, um, is there any worry that perhaps that that, that Chavarakom is on on the way out, or or is that just to, to to fill the squad? I think he's been signed for a, a different role than than what Chavarakom plays, and we're all kind of really expecting to see them playing together rather than Akon being on his way out. Don't get me wrong, I've I've said it on our podcast before, if we get a ridiculous offer for Chibrakon now, because, you know, apparently Palace, Southampton, Everton have all been looking at him, mm-hmm. according to the papers. If one of them comes in with 10 to 15 million, we'd probably take it. Uh, I think so anyway. Um, but Cameron Archer seems to be coming in to play the role that Matt Crooks is currently playing, um, which is kind of that number nine role just in front of Chibrakon. And... That might sound strange to anyone who's familiar with Matt Crooks because he's your six foot four centre midfielder. Um, but he does fit into that role quite well. Um under under Wilder last season. He was one of the um you could tell his pressing had improved so much when, when he was added to that system on the right hand side of midfield. And that's a, a key quality that we look for in, in that number nine role. I do think that his finishing can be a bit of an issue at times, uh, although his goal record recently wouldn't suggest that. Um, But he, like you say, he's been doing well in that role. That was was a a Jonathan Woodgate idea to put him there. But we only have kind of him and Marcus Force to play that role, and Marcus Force has been playing over on the right-hand side for us recently um, in, in place of Isaiah Jones. Which again we didn't think would work, but it, it seems to have uh, paid dividends. So I, I do think Cameron Archer is going to be playing in that role, advanced of Tuberac Bomb, and we're all really looking forward to seeing how those two link up. Yeah, I mean, obviously from from a from a little perspective, we we haven't uh, uh, we haven't really signed anyone that, that's going. To, oh, we, we made one sign in, unfortunately, um, who's who's injured, so he's not going to be sort of making the squad on Saturday. We haven't been able to bring anybody in. Um, and it's unlikely that we're going to be bringing anybody for the game on Saturday. Um, f- from our from our perspective, obviously we're we're coming to Middlesbrough. I think goal difference separates us at the moment. Um, it, the Championship is a is a very very crazy league. You, you win a game, you move up sort of eight or nine spaces. You lose a game, and you can end up dropping eight, eight or nine spaces. Have have you been potentially surprised by by Millwall's um, sort of first halves of the season, or are we are we one one of the dark horses that people seem to 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 tip every year? You know, you know what? I, I never am, but um, I, I never am surprised with with Millwall. But it's just because I just kind of have have that feeling around Millwall that you're always around fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, and it's like 
if you're not there, you're down the bottom of the table somewhere, but that's only every uh, every so often. And I worked out on our last podcast, I was like, you're pretty much the London version of us. Like, that's us. We're either around the playoffs or we're just down the bottom. So, um, usually not. I just, I expect to see Millwall kind of around these uh, these sorts of positions. I'm not sure if I've ever seen you make the playoffs, but I'm pretty sure quite a few occasions it's, it's always been down to the last day and uh, you've been there or, or thereabouts. Uh, I, I think the closest we got actually a few years ago, I come up to Borough, uh, and we were. I think you beat us two 0 You had Adama Traore at the time. Uh, yeah. That's the closest we 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 got to to the players. I think we'd gone on like a twenty-one game unbeaten run. Yes, I remember that back then. No, up to the up to the top uh, up to the top six. Um, I think it was our first season back. But I think um, I mean, obviously, going back coming back to the game on on Saturday and. Um, it's interesting because both teams are likely to line up with that four-two-three-one um, system. I mean, we're not the the free-scoring uh, side that I think, or the free-flowing side that I potentially think that you guys are. Um, where do you see um, the game won and lost on Saturday? See, a big part of it for us is our centre midfield, and one of the things that the Carrick has changed, and then you will probably see a lot of on Saturday is playing out from the back, uh, generally trying to play to house more Hackney in midfield, uh, beating the press, getting them on the half turn, and, and and kind of triggering attacks from there. I think if if you're trying to press us, that's we'll, we will try and play through it, and uh, that that's one area will be one loss. But I would also say, uh, as mentioned earlier, the left-hand side for us is, uh, is extremely strong. So, I mean... If we're playing out from from the back, beating the press and and giving it to Wackpom through the middle, that's a danger area. Uh, but our, our left hand side as well, uh, I would say, is is pretty strong. But um, we, we've scored a lot from crosses uh, from that left hand side, and I will say that as good as I think Wackpom is in the air, and he, he's been scoring quite a few headers from there, he's still coming up against people like in in. Jake Cooper are like really rated as a as a centre back and it is just an absolute mountain, isn't he? So it it might not work the same way as it has been working on Saturday. So I, I would say it's more likely ball on the floor through the middle, try and beat the press and, and create chances that way. I think exactly what you said there. From from our from 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 my point of view, I think if if you're prepared to put crosses into the box, I think most of our supporters and Gary Rout himself would be like, right, okay, our two centre halves, Hutchinson and Cooper, would would probably prefer uh, to be dealing with crosses into the box rather than the ball perhaps into Akpom's feet. Um, I think from from our point of view, um, at our midfield too, um, it's likely to be George Sabal and Billy Mitchell. Um, Billy Mitchell's probably been our our standout player uh, this season. He's been very very good, young young player. Um, come through the academy and, and really makes us tick so um i i think i think we will try to to to, to um to stop the, the passing out from the back we 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 did it six and we've done it successfully to watford um both home and away we, we got right at them um and and stopped them trying to to play out from the back um so the, i think it's going to be quite interesting i i think um as i said earlier i think there's a lot of clubs that uh, are potentially looking at this year um, as the year to to make the top six, 
Um, obviously, at the start of the season, I'll, if I was probably to ask you this question, you probably would have been hoping for a top six finish. Um, I'm assuming that hasn't changed. Do you think you can make the top two, or, or is it realistically now a, a top six, a top six push? I think top two is gone at this point. I think it's Burnley and Sheffield United to lose, unless one of those teams absolutely bottles it massively. Uh, I can't see anyone else making top two, so I think it is just a, a fight for the playoffs now. Um, I mean, from our point of view, it's like wondering if we had Carrick all season, where would we be? Um, but I, I think, you know, we're, we're where we we feel like we should have been with the squad that we had at the start of the season now. And mm-hmm. it's just the the kind of fight to, to keep all of that place now and, and being in amongst it. We've got three tough games coming up, Millwall, Sunderland and Watford. So I think after those, we're going to have a pretty good idea of, of where we think we'll end up in the in, in the table. Uh, yeah, I think it, it's getting to that time, isn't it, where the, the games come thick and fast, especially if, as you say, when you get a run of fixtures with the teams around you, you can really kind of cement a, a place in the top six or or further. I do agree. I think, especially, I think Burnley, um, Burnley, I think, are, are the best team in the, in the division. Um, certainly look to be running away with, with, with the league. Um, we, we come up against Sheffield United. Obviously, it was an FA Cup tie. Um, last week, um, we made a couple of changes, but again, they look very strong, um, very good for 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 this level. So again, I think you're right that probably that those two are those two are are um, are running away with it. Um, oh, I mean, not to put you on the spot, but I am going to. Um, if I was to ask you for a potential top six um, at the come the end of the season, um, <clears throat> where's where's your money? See, I'd have to put us in there at the moment. I can see Blackburn dropping out of it. Um, I think West Brom will be in it. I think the the turnaround they've had, as well as being been fantastic, um, is going to be a uh, well. Going to sound like I'm having a pop at our rivals here. I don't think Sunderland will make it, just purely because Mowbray seems to have a dip towards the the end of the season, no matter what team he's. He's managing, so I've got Borough, West Brom, Watford, and you know what? We'll sit Millwall in there as well. Like I say, you'll you'll be in and around there somewhere. Uh, so you know, I've not I've not seen you kind of get there before. So it'd be be interesting to see you get there and you know match up with Watford in the in the semi finals or something. I think um, as a Millwall fan, you know, we've always seemed to be the. Uh, Always sort of was it always bride to make never the bride. We always seem to be the, the, the side that's there and thereabouts and and fall away. As I said earlier, we haven't really signed anybody. We've lost a couple of players. Admittedly, they they weren't playing first team football, so it's not huge losses. It's just our squad's probably a little bit thin at the moment. Um, and you know we we we're looking to to to, to get players in. But um, it, it's interesting um, that you you mentioned Watford. Um, I, I agree. I think Blackburn are a side. I think they are going to drop out. I think if they were to lose Burris and Diaz, um, that that really would, I think, make a, a huge difference to that side. I don't think they um, have perhaps the, the the talent that other squads, perhaps like yourself and um, and those that are going for for the top six. Um, I mean, in terms of from a from a Middlesbrough perspective, I mean, is is promotion the, the be all and end all for for you and for Carrick? Is that if it doesn't happen, is it a bad season? What what's what's the kind of feel from from the supporters there? 
I, I don't think missing out on promotion would be a, a bad season. I'd still, I'd like to see us getting in the playoffs. Um, even if we were to, to end up dropping out of the playoffs at some stage, I still think Carrick's done a, a great job since he's he's came in to get us there. Uh, especially at the start of the season, a lot of people were kind of tipping us for for automatic promotion. Um, you could tell a, a, a lot of um, building has gone into this squad. You know, Lenahan, Son of Clark, we had Ryan Giles, Zach Stefan. I think Giles and Stefan in particular, um, you know, people people were, especially Chris Wilder was banging on about marquee signings before the season, and and after the transfer window ended, we were like, where are all these marquee signings? I think they are them because I don't think any other championship teams paying probably the type of money that that we're paying to get Zach Stefan on loan no, from City. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that was a, a bit of a kind of reality check for. For, for some old fans, but I think this squad was assembled in the pre-season with the aim of at least getting the top six, so that would be a successful season for me. Um, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all. Um, reason being, we're, we're kind of move, moving more towards um, kind of being that sort of project, you know, similar to what Brentford, Brighton, etc. have done in the Championship previously. Our head of football, Kieran Scott, came from being head of scouting at Norwich and he's you can tell he's trying to kind of build a team in a similar kind of vein to, to Brentford where we sign talented young players make them better and try and sell them on for a profit I think this preseason was really the start of that when we sold Jed Spence and uh, Marcus Tavernier uh, for, for big sums to the Premier League so going into next season I think the um, the building of the squads would kind of just pick up pace and we'd be looking to to improve on on that season next season um and it, it's it's always more fun when when uh you, you know you build a squad you you win the majority of the matches and your automatic promotion you don't have to worry about the the whole nerves of of going to Wembley for us because we, we never win there but um yeah it's just kind of when something's being built and you're along for the journey it's it, it's a lot more fun to watch so you know, as good as I would be to see us get to Wembley and lose again, um, I, I wouldn't think it's gonna, kind of the end of the world. I would just think, you know, we're going to build on something next season and then come back better. So what you're saying, if we all do make the playoffs, we want to be uh, facing Middlesbrough in the <laughs> final because you're the side. I mean, our record at Wembley, to be honest, isn't great either. So, um uh, so we, we've only had one final win, and that was the Millennium Stadium uh, when when you know that was being used instead of Wembley. So, yeah, I mean, I, I went to the old Wembley to watch Darlington versus Peterborough as well. I was supporting Darlington that day, and they lost as well. So maybe I should just stay away. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, as I say, I mean, I, I, we Wembley was a sort of a second home for the second home for us. We made back to back playoff campaigns twice. Um, Lost one, won one both times. We've made FA Cup semi-final appearances, so we, we've got a lot of experience there. But I think for us, from 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 a, from a fan's perspective, um, I think this is the year we really need to we need to be making the top six. This is the year I think the football in the Championship has changed from what it was uh, five, six, seven years ago. I think it's so open, it's so um, you know congested. There's lots of teams that are, are 
I wouldn't. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Without being disrespectful being disrespectful to individual players, but I think a lot of teams are quite evenly matched most weeks. Um, I, I think there's lots of clubs like us. I think Sunderland, obviously, was of yours, you know, right at the wave of, of the promotion from League One. I don't necessarily think us and Sunderland and Luton are perhaps, perhaps the best teams in the division, but we're making the most of the opportunity um, that's that's kind of being being given to us. I mean, is there is there any fear of of um, you know the Michael Carrick wave potentially you know that coming to an end, or is it something that you can just see going from step to step to step and, and just continue to to move forward? See, so I'm I'm not sure. Um, from my point of view, there's there's always that fear that it's going to drop off, no matter which manager it is. Um, I didn't know what to expect with Michael Carrick when he when he came in. Uh, be honest, that. That appointment for me, out of the the names that were linked, I was kind of like, okay, what's he done? What's he got to offer? Like, there was a lot of unknowns going into it. Um, I do think that he's he's doing an amazing job. I really like you know his philosophy, the the way he manages. You know, I was I was just listening to his uh, his pretty much press conference earlier, and just such such a, a calm. Uh, kind of demeanor, and when I when I was watching us against Brighton on Saturday, one of the things that that we're noticing a lot of now is, you know, he, he asks advice from his coaching team, which I don't think Wild did too much of, or was seen doing too much of uh, in his stint in charge. I was sat just above, um, just above the dugouts on on Saturday, and I I saw him. With uh, John from Woodgate and Aaron Danks kind of either side of him, giving them advice, and I don't know, I, I can't, like I say, I like that whole that whole philosophy of of coaching. I I think it could stick. It it does. The more I think about it, kind of remind me of what we had under under Karanka. You know, he's he's come from being a number two elsewhere, um, and and learning under. Under legendary managers, he's, he learned under Mourinho as well. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like if if Carrick was Spanish and or Carrickinez or something like that, then may, maybe uh, maybe the the doubts might be a little bit less. Um, I don't know why it just kind of seemed like that under Ito, but um, yeah, it, I, I don't think it would stop. But I think if it did, I'd. That maybe worry, but it's all going to be like a, a test of his his man management really to, from now till the end of the season. I think 
the fact that you know Carrick's only really managed around fifteen games in his career, including the three at, at Man United. Um, who's still he's still maybe got a lot to learn, so have we, but he's he's doing absolutely fantastically well at the moment and you can tell he's he's learned from from some absolutely fantastic managers at, at Man United. I think one of the things that actually helps with Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough, and again, this is just from an outsider's perspective, is I think there seems to be so much talk about the job that West Brom and the West Brom manager obviously going in there and and obviously they're in great form as well. But it almost feels like the middle that Carrick, the job that he's doing there, and Michael Carrick himself has kind of gone under the radar a little bit because of the focus isn't on him. You might have expected coming from Man United having won Premier League titles, having, um, you know, sort of hundreds of games at the top level, but the, the expectation. But he see, it seems to me that he's just gone completely under the radar. He's gone in, he's he's playing his the way he wants to play football. And I think, as I say, I think the West Brom manager, and I think the, the, what's going on at West Brom has kind of done you guys a bit of a favour because no one's really talking about you. And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but <laughs> everyone seems to be talking about how good West Brom are doing and and this, that, and the other, especially other sort of championship fans. But um, you guys have just gone, right, well, we'll do our thing and, and we'll see where, where, where we end up. To be honest, it's, it's interesting to hear that, though, because, like, as you can expect, we're probably all in, like, a Middlesbrough bubble. Uh, when we'll go on Twitter, so all the talks about Carrick, and then when we're seeing articles get shared, I, I saw one the other day, I don't know if it was the Telegraph somewhere somewhere else, where it was like, oh, Carrick and company, how, like, two Premier League legends uh, managing the championship and stuff and like from our side we're like oh, alright we never stop hearing about this but it, it's interesting that from the outside there and, and other championship clubs are hearing more about West Brom and yeah that, <laughs> that might end up uh, doing us a favour I think I mean don't get me wrong you know it's hard to, to miss the the fact that I think you, you touched on it I think it was the 22nd or 21st to, to 5th is obviously a considerable achievement by by from any manager it doesn't matter who it is what what experience they've got I think perhaps from a from a little perspective we we lost Jed Wallace to West Brom um in in the summer and there's been a lot of um I don't know if you saw Jed uh, celebrated uh, an assist at the den quite um in front of the supporters he he tried to rile us up and it ended up backfiring because we ended up winning the game um, so I think perhaps there might be a little bit more talk. We might see a little bit more about West Brom from a Millwall perspective. But as I say, it just seems to be that they're the team that a lot of people are talking about. They're, they're the team that are, are the ones that, that um, Sky and and the, the broadcasting companies are, are favouring, uh, shall we say. Um, obviously, bringing it back to sort of the, the fixture at the weekend and, and just touching on, on, on what happened last weekend, obviously both Millwall and, and Middlesbrough are, are now out of the FA Cup. Um, is that uh, from a, from your perspective? Is that a good thing for, for Middlesbrough? Obviously, would you like to cut run? Is it concentrate on the league? What, where do you kind of stand on that? I think everyone always likes a cup run, don't they? Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, I do think it would have been hard to top what we had last season. We went to Man United away, won on penalties, beat Spurs at the Riverside, and then got knocked out by Chelsea. It, it was overall. Uh, a good cup run. I think everyone really enjoyed it. So, you know, it would have been harder to to kind of top that this year. I think everyone's still still uh, wasn't over last year. So it, it's it's fine that we're out with it. Really, um, it does give us the chance to concentrate on the league. Um, 
you know, I was actually, I was actually sat next to uh, some Blunt fan at our game last last week, and he was um, he was buzzing that they were losing to Shrewsbury because he was like, oh yeah, well we're out as well, we can concentrate on the league and stuff like that. And then he was actually a bit gutted when he came out the ground and saw that they scored two in the last couple of minutes and got through with the next rounds. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I imagine for some championship clubs that that might be the case where they're just like great when concentrate on the league let's say everyone loves a loves a cup run but i think that uh that kind of distraction being out of the way we've been doing really well in the league we want to keep that going and we just need to to kind of really bounce back from from that loss uh, that loss i think this is going to be um a, i don't want to say the first real test because i'm sure he's had more than that but like a, a, a good test of um, Carrick's management and also the the kind of resilience of the the squad to to really bounce back from from that Brighton result and 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 try and put in a a good performance that we're we're kind of all used to by this point under Carrick um, on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, uh, from we're we're one of those clubs. I think um, I was at the game last week um, against Sheffield United as I said earlier, and I think. The, the general feeling around us and, and the fan base was um, when the draw was made, it's it's a, against the championship side, arguably one of the better championship sides. Our opinion was play the kids. If you get a result, great. But, but you know, uh, we, we're happy to, to concentrate on, on the league, I think. I think the disappointing thing for us and what we're looking for, um, or certainly what I'm looking for, and I know other supporters are as well, um, we, we were quite poor last weekend um we did make changes but we we um we really struggled to be honest with you we had a couple of chances but nothing really to, to shout about and it was almost as if Rowett and the players had kind of gone right we're not interested today we're going to be sort of ready to go at the riverside uh next weekend that's I, i'm you know no we, we never get just going to come out and say that but it just we that was the kind of feel that that we had from from our perspective um i mean we're ex- we're fully expecting to be coming to middlesbrough on saturday i'm not i'm not going to sit here and go we're we're turning up to, to win obviously we would like to win the game but we're fully expecting our players to be to be back on it how how we have been in the league and, and really um give, give a good account of ourselves um i think um you know we have uh, we've got quite a good squad. I mean, the, uh, in the return fixture, Zian Fleming scored uh, two goals. I think one of them was a ridiculously deflected free kick. So uh, he's still claiming it, and I would. But uh, I think, uh, <laughs> oh, I would, you know, definitely. They, I mean, they all count. But uh, I think one was a deflected free kick, and the other one was was a little bit of a tap in. But um, you know, uh, there's two of the the, the sort of uh, red hot attacking players on show. I, I think it should be should be quite a good fixture. Um, I, I, again, going to put you on the uh, a spot with with a question now. Um, from from uh, you know what your understanding of, of Mill, are there any players that you potentially uh, are looking out for? Any particular players that you might like, perhaps in the in the middles middles for side? Around? Yeah, yeah. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Jay Cooper, big fan of his. Um, I, you know, when we were looking for a left left sided centre back. Uh, in the summer, we were going after Jacob Greaves from Hull, and I was like, you know what, I'd, I'd absolutely love Jacob Greaves as much as it's not going to happen because I'm pretty sure we we wouldn't be able to afford that. Um, you know, player I'd love to have in the in the Borough team. Um, it's kind of like 
a danger man. Uh, you mentioned Fleming. Um, definitely, like you, like you said, one of the the red hot strikers of of um, of this season and the championship. Scored two against us, so he's he's definitely one we uh, we need to be looking out for. But mm-hmm. also, um, I'd be quite worried that George Savile maybe has a goal in him against us. So <laughs> it, it's written to happen, isn't it? It's an interesting one with Savile because. I think I think you're right. I think he he probably does have a little bit of a point to prove because it clearly didn't quite work. It didn't work out in a Middlesbrough shirt for him. Um, I think it was a big fee um, that was paid uh, a few years ago by by Middlesbrough. I mean, I think the the Millwall ball pretty much snapped your hand off when uh, <laughs> when you come calling and, and offered. Well, I think it was about eight million. Um, yeah, it was and. You, you know what? From from our point of view, it was like we we heard that we were going after him and Jed Wallace. Um, so I'm pretty sure it was close to deadline day or on deadline day with Lutz yeah. Travel, and then we were waiting for the Wallace like uh, announcement, which is like, all right, that's not coming. So we've just got George Savile wait for eight million. It did it, seem uh, a bit weird. It, it was it was it was near the deadline because we, we saw sort of made a little bit of a. a we bid for a player who's still in our squad, Ryan Leonard, um, and and Savile would scored. I think I think he'd scored ten goals from midfield the season before. Hence, why the interest from from you guys and I think other clubs. Um, but but um, no, I think uh, for me as an individual, I think George Savile's one of my actually one of my favourite players. I think he's been he's been very very good in in our midfield. He's I think um, as I say, it didn't work out in the middle of return. Sometimes it doesn't it doesn't, but um, he hasn't. He's kind of played a little bit more of a, um, should we say, a little bit more of an enforcer role rather than a, an attacking midfielder um, for us. I think he's got one goal this season. But from our point of view, if uh, if he wants to get forward and, and try and prove a few people wrong um, <laughs> up on the Riverside on Saturday, by by all means, get get himself forward and and, and give him a and get in the box. I, it's interesting as well. You, you mentioned about Jake Cooper. Um, there's a lot of talk that that clubs are in for him. Um, from from our point of view, um, it's interesting. Everybody seems to say Jake Cooper. He's one that every, Sheffield. He always scores against Sheffield United. They're always saying that they'd love to have him in their team. He's he's one that, that lots of people um, sort of tout to, 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 as a good as a good player. Believe it or not, from a from a Millwall perspective. Um, we always, we often say when Sean Hutchinson plays with him, he looks better. Without Hutchinson in the side, Cooper seems to be a little bit shaky. So it would, it would be interesting um, if he if he was to, to secure a move to, to see if it would work out um, elsewhere. But his aerial threat um, from from corners and set pieces, um, it, he's obviously you know he's only six foot six. He stands on like a foot far. Me, he's one that that you you can't really miss. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, the, the game on Saturday, bringing it back to Saturday, um, I'm, I'm assuming uh, you're you're going to go with a, a Middlesbrough win. Is that is that your your prediction for the game? What, what can I get a scoreline out of you? It, it is, yeah. Um, so I always predict us to win if we're at home. Um, away is a bit of a different story. It's it's always one where, like, if you can't see it, you're always kind of worried about what the result is. But I always have mm-hmm. a lot of confidence. When we're home, even if we're playing really poorly at that point, it'll still predict us to win. Um, so I'm gonna go two one. Um, I think I think his will get one. And like I say, I, I just I expect it to be George Savile 
I, I don't know why. Just like I say, it's 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 written. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to one borough. And I'm assuming um, Archer expecting Archer to go straight into the first team. Is that likely to be? Not too sure, to be honest. Because um, he, he didn't start against Brighton. And during the press conference, Michael Carrick was a bit coy on it. Um, kind of saying that, you know, it could happen. We'll just have to wait and see. So I don't think we'd be making too many changes from Brighton. And unfortunately, one of those changes against Brighton was in force. Daryl went hands out with an injury at the moment. Uh, so he, he's been ruled out for Saturday and got Paddy McNair in, in centre defence who, uh, to be honest, I don't race in centre defence at all. I think he's much better in midfield. Um, so that, that worries me a little bit. Um, but I, I think if we were to make one change, it would be Crooks out for Archer. And uh, just uh, while obviously um, bringing it back to, to kind of a little perspective, it's, it's interesting. We spoke a lot about Michael Carrick, um, a little bit about Chris Wilder um, as well. It's interesting um, what you said about Wilder being, um, you know, not potentially using his coaching staff around it, having that kind of stubbornness uh, about him. Uh, Gary Rowett, obviously in the, the, the Millwall dugout, has, has often had his critics, uh, a lot of critics, uh, other former clubs he's been at sometimes with with Mill supporters as well. What's your what's your sort of opinion on on Rowett as a manager as an outsider? I mean, obviously, I don't think he's never really had anything necessarily soon with Middles with the Middles set up. But um, what, what do you make of him as a as a Championship manager? Yeah, I mean, I think we've been linked with him a couple of times when I've been looking for managers in the last few years, but it's never got any higher from like a than like a twenty to one shot really. Mm-hmm. So it's it's never looked. Uh, like that was close, but I've always rated him. To be honest, um, I was thought he uh, he he did a good job where wherever he's been. He did seem to kind of disappear for a little bit, and now with with Millwall doing as well as they are, it just to me seems like it's it, it it's back to what I expect from from Gary Rowett. Really, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I do like I said, I think he's a I think he's a good manager and would always kind of associate them with clubs around the the playoffs. It's interesting because, as I say, I think Rowett has a... Um, he very much had the, the fan base very divided at the start of the season, I think. Um, as I say, just before you guys come to the Den, um, we were in a real, really bad run of form. I think we were, we were dropped about 16th or 17th and... Um, he he was adamant he was playing a five back. He wasn't going to change. It was it, it, this is what the squad he built. This is what we're going to go with. And I think there was a little bit of pressure from from the, the fans, pressure from the the board. Um, I mean, me personally, I think I think he's he's doing a, a terrific job. Um, not uh, you know, I'm not, I think it's unfair to compare him to to, to perhaps a, a Michael Carrick who's who's come in and obviously done tremendously well. But I think um, I think on Saturday it's too managers at a very different ends of their their manager, managerial career especially in the championship obviously with Rowett having quite a lot of experience and Carrick um, having coaching experience as you touched on earlier um, obviously from a from a Millwall perspective I, I am going to I am going to go with a Millwall win um, I say that for gritted teeth because um, away from home we are it's uh, it really is a bit of a licorice all sorts you know we we went to Watford on Boxing Day and had I think twenty three efforts on goal. Um, but the the away game before that, I think we at Sunderland, 
we had we played very well in the first half and then absolutely fell apart and they they tore us apart in the second half. So um, I I think it's very difficult to know what to expect from 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 us. Um, I was as I say I, I always like yourself. I always back I always back my own team, but as I say through through gritty teeth, I, I would say two one. But I think um, stopping Akpom and Giles down the left hand side, I've, I've seen a bit of um, mainly highlight packages, but. Um, you know that 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 threat that you guys carry down the left hand side is a is a big is a big um, it's going to be a big ask to stop. I mean, our, our right back Dan, mm-hmm. Danny Mclamara has um, admirers from the Premier League, and I think he may he, he's up to the challenge, but he's really going to have to um, he's really going to have to to step it up a little bit, I think, to to be able to stop you guys down down the left hand side. Um, and uh, just just as I say, just. Um, Finally, are you going to the game on on Saturday? Will you I am, yeah. I uh, season ticket holder, um, but I'll also be selling our our fanzine outside the ground just before we uh, we start. Um, not related to the podcast or anything like that. It's just something I do. Um, but yeah, if any uh, Millwall fans are listening, on sale, I'll be out there and buy a buy a fanzine. There'll be. I mean, we're we're led. To, I'm led to believe um, by by Mickey, who who usually runs the show, that. There's some of the Millwall players um, potentially uh, listen to to the show. Um, not mentioning any names, but there might be one that you mentioned earlier uh, and potentially <laughs> listening in, uh, waiting to to look for you in the crowd if he if he scores his goal that you seem to think he's going to get on uh, <laughs> on um, on Saturday. But um, I'm sure any any Millwall fans that are unfortunately I can't make the game on Saturday, but I, I'm I'm sure that many Millwall fans listening will, will look out for you and and um, those that that collect sort of the programs and things will, will go and say hello. Um, for any um, Millwall fans, obviously that um, have an interest in other clubs in the in the Championship, obviously check out the Borough Breakdown um, podcast. <clears throat> um, obviously, links and everything will be on Twitter and and YouTube. So. Um, it's always interesting to get um, different views and aspects of, of supporters and, and other fans from from up and down the country, um, especially uh, in the build up to to the game on Saturday. Um, from from us, obviously, the Mill Podcast. We um, this will be going out on uh, Spotify and YouTube tomorrow. Um, I think it will be going out as a podcast uh, the early hours of the morning, and then everything will go out in the afternoon um, as per. As I say, I've uh, I've been given the reins. Um, this evening, uh, at very short notice, um, I was expecting to be joined by by potentially a couple of other of our of our unusual regulars, but I've gone from panelist to host. So hopefully, um, those that have been listening in have, have enjoyed the show. Obviously, it's been great to to get a a um, uh, you know a view from from the opposition, and uh, obviously great to to have you on, Tom. Thank you very much um, for your time. Looking forward to the game on Saturday. I would wish you good luck. I will wish you good luck. But I hope you're on the wrong side of of the uh, of the game on uh, on Saturday. But thank you very much for your time. Cheers, babe. Thank you very much. And uh, as I say, that's this has been that Millwall podcast. Um, check us out on on Twitter, Instagram, and as I say, all the uh, the show will go out on YouTube and Spotify tomorrow. Thanks, guys. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. 
After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.